Yeah, I'm just, I'm not very good at file management or management more broadly. The pages on your desk kind of say it all. Would you notice if I even rearranged that, if I took the ones from the bottom and put them on top? Would you if notice? If you threw away everything on my desk, yeah. my life would be completely unchanged. Grant Robertson would be a much bigger threat to Lamingtons than Lamingtons would be a threat to Grant Robertson. Not the slushies! I wonder whether or not anyone ever asked Barack Obama and John Key if they met because they were of similar age. High taxing, big spending, big government. OK, Boomer. National will get New Zealand back on track. New Zealand is the greatest little country in the world. Hello and welcome back to the Iron Duke podcast, your semi-weekly recap of all things policy and politics, where we run you through our peaks and our pits, interesting bits, and anything that fits from Aotearoa and around the globe. I am joined by principal consultant, and probably the reason that this is a semi-weekly podcast, Byron Terrace. Thank you, Maddie. It's great to be back on another episode of the Iron Duke podcast. I've just returned from a couple of weeks in the outback of Australia, which I'll chat about in a sec. But this week on the podcast, we've got a little bit about FIFA, a little bit about the amount of policy announcements, and also the most topical of topical ministerial resignations, Kerry Allen. But firstly, I'd just like to talk about where I've been for the last three weeks, because why not? So uh, me and one of my best mates did a bit of a road trip from Sydney over to Adelaide. That's 1,400 kilometres. And then up from Adelaide to Darwin through the big red centre of Australia. Two big takeaways, which I think are pretty interesting for me, especially being from this tiny little country of New Zealand. And we just need to take a moment to put ourselves into perspective. This trip, I drove 5,600 kilometres, which is like three and a bit times the length of our own country here. It took me 14 days to do that drive. Uh, How'd you offset your emissions? Yep, good, great question. Anyway, moving right along. So driving up the Stuart Highway in Australia, it's essentially a big two-lane road, just goes all the way north to south. It wasn't sealed until 2012. There were still bits of it that were just red it's outback no road. no one needs to go where you've been, Byron. Well, actually, you're completely wrong. It wasn't a quiet road. There were lots of road trains, 53 and a half metre long trucks carrying all sorts of weird and wonderful shit around the country. That country runs on trucks. It's so big, it wasn't connected properly in 2012. The rail line, you know, everyone's like, oh, rail's kind of, you know, bigger than the 1900s or whatever. It wasn't finished north to south until 2004. Until 2004, 21st century. Can you believe? So you've got these massive areas you're driving through. Really put some perspective. And then the last bit for me was seeing the relationship that Australia has with its Aboriginal Indigenous communities. Mm. It's it's very challenging. It's something that I don't think we understand fully in New Zealand. Not even close. And even the people in the south of Australia and within New South Wales of Victoria actually understand about what happens and how the communities relate and work with each other up north because it is very separate. It is in your face separate. It's quite strange. And f- frankly, they've got a long way as a country to go before they reach what I would consider a, um, a more equitable society. So that's something that I'd encourage a lot of Kiwis to do, get some perspective, get some scale. If you can take a week off, two weeks off, do a drive like that, just get it in your veins, get it in your I blood, check it out. I think of anything worse, personally. That's because you can't stand your own company car. for two minutes, so fair I enough. can't stand I, – I, there is no one in my life that I could spend two weeks in a car with. I, I think what you've done is really admirable. Anyway, that's the perspective on our big brother. What has been going on here? What has been something good that's been going on, Maddie? Tell us, where are we at? 
How many policies are coming out? What's going on in the election campaign? While you've been away, we've had some massive policy announcements from both the blue team and the red team, and that's my peak of the week. Election season is really starting to heat up. It's on. It is certainly on. So last week or so, we've had the Labor Party rule out the capital gains tax. You would have seen that. Mm. That's massive. That's as big as policy comes. Well, and the wealth tax, right? Capital gains has kind of like been there, done that. But like the wealth tax was the new one. And talk about a government that was going to be transformative. You know, that was probably their lasting legacy to really, you know, hit New Zealand where it mattered and they have not taken it. At the same time, just as popular as ruling out a capital gains tax has been a bloody a pothole policy from the National Party. $500 million to go towards filling potholes in New Zealand over the next year or so. Added to that, all potholes must be filled within 24 hours. Some of what is coming out of the policy sphere at the moment isn't policy at all, it's just straight politics. Yeah, no, sounds good. I'd love to see potholes filled with like that quickly but you know hey not a lot of people around sometimes that pothole just exists and no one knows absolutely the case but both major parties now have released their their campaign slogans slogan season has started oh our slogan will be get our country back on track out with let's do this in with in it for you it's more about what that slogan doesn't say than what it does say what back on track or in it for you in it for you what what it's saying to me is well what are the other guys in it for what are the what's the track we're supposed to be on where are we going it's not rail well, clearly not. They, don't like, not they don't like that. I hate rail. Maybe it's those like uh, trackless trams. Trackless trams. Trackless trams. Are yeah. they magnetic? No, it's just a bus, but <laughs> it's like a it's like a bus that's really low to the ground and it follows like um, lines. Optically, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Nice. So, get New Zealand back on track again. That's the narrative the National Party are trying to frame that we're off track. Ah, yeah, got it. Right, nice. and in not it, like in it on, a, you, on a road just running straight up the, the centre yeah. of Australia. In it for you is like, um, yeah, I'm here in it. In it for you. I think it's just implying that the other guys are not in it for you. They're what? in it for like capitalism and money. In it. In it. <laughs> in it for you. In it for you. Is it? Is it not? Is, is it for you? I don't know. Anyway, that's it. So that's that's me. It's exciting time out there. It is getting into that point in the election where there is just so much in the news every single day. And so one thing that I think has been wonderful that is in the news every single day is something that's not politics, something that's completely separate, something that I think is going to put New Zealand on the map for a very long time, and that is the FIFA Women's World Cup, co-hosted with us and Australia. I have been so impressed with the <laughs> amount of people, the volume, the sheer volume of Kiwis getting to these games. Here's some numbers for you. So that first game, that opening match, New Zealand-Norway, where yes, we won 1-0. It was a huge, our first ever victory in a FIFA World Cup event. 42,100 New Zealanders. People got to that ground to go and watch that historic win. It was the most viewed football game in New Zealand history. Outrageous and as it should be. Second game, 41,100. Here in Wellington, 22,900. Down in Dunedin, 18,000. These are bigger crowds than you'll get to any Super Rugby games around the show. And it Sometimes, goes to show, if you make ticket prices accessible, yep. New Zealanders show up. I think the engagement from the public in the FIFA tournament is really important because sport in New Zealand has often been hamstrung by poor crowds, too expensive ticket pricing, exactly what we're talking about, and a poor domestic violence. And a poor visitor experience <laughs> for those people at the grounds. Everything's expensive. Why am I paying 50 bucks for two beers? You know, that kind of thing. And I think with the FIFA pricing that's come in, people from all around the world turning up, proper event kind of mm. signage and guidance, and actually they've put, you know, deliberate public transport on in some cities. 
I think we're doing a great job as a country and I think this is a real positive going forward for future events. And look, why are we talking about sport on a political and public policy podcast? Well, it is actually really important in terms of our future ability to host more events like this. We needed this to be a success so that when we put in our little slide deck to you know international bodies all around the world who put on these major tournaments that we can say, hey, we know how to pull off a good event. Keep in mind, taxpayer, this has cost all of us money to, to put on. $25 million in terms of upgrade to facilities and, you know, those nice working from home men and women who seem to <laughs> randomly come out to shepherd people to and from gates and, and public transport facilities. But yeah, I think it's going really well also. And it's important to note that last FIFA Women's World Cup, which was held in France, that was watched by over a billion people. Mm. So it's not just the people that are here. And I, I don't know the numbers, so I can't say for sure how many people have travelled here to watch it. But it's awesome to see Kiwis getting in and out behind a women's sport. Yes. I wouldn't even say football, but just a women's sport. Yeah. And we showed each other that we could do that last time with rugby to so to see that that support transcends code is awesome. It does a massive, massive boost. Gives us a huge boost internationally in terms of diplomacy and our global reputation. And you never know with these things what it leads to, what investment it leads to, what immigration it leads to, what tourism outcomes it leads to. We can't take this for granted and we've got to keep pushing. Yeah, and if you're one of those people who don't like team sports, you're actually more likely to be a sociopath. It's true. It's just science. Was Kerry Allen into um, team sports? Great segue. Justice Minister Kerry Allen has quit. All her portfolios this morning uh, has been confirmed by the Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, and it follows a car crash that happened last night, 9pm, and she's been charged with reckless driving and resisting arrest. Kerry Allen has had a shocking couple of months. So she's faced allegations of bullying. She's been through a traumatic breakup, uh, and just last night around Evans Bay, a stone's throw from Iron Duke Studios. She was drink driving, and we can say drink driving because she had been drinking and she was driving, so she she fulfills the prerequisites of drink driving when she ram-raided her Hyundai Kona as paid for by us, the taxpayer, into what, by the sounds of it, was a another vehicle. Parked car. A parked car. A parked car. Uh, she was then asked to go with the police to their local uh, clubhouse and... She said yeah, nah, She didn't really want to, did she? Did not want to because if I was in her position and my life and career was flashing before my eyes, I would probably try to negotiate my way out of it too. Interesting. I've tried to negotiate my way out of it. I know. I know. I'm well every, aware. We can just every incident I've had with a law enforcement official, uh, varying success. And in office politics too. Yes. Again, varying success. <laughs> Byron, what does this mean for the Labour Party? This is a disaster. This is an unmitigated disaster. Your Minister of Justice has been arrested for what was initially reported as resisting arrest. Turns out it was just not accompanying police. That's what the challenge was. Your Minister of Justice, the person who is supposed to uphold the law, is the last person you want to commit a crime. And that is what she crime. has done. When your crime minister decides <laughs> crime minister. your crime minister <laughs> decides to ram raid a parked car, you know you have lost the narrative. And there's a lot of background here as well, which we need to cover. She has been facing some serious mental health challenges, and that's not to belittle anything that Kitty is going through, that the minister is going through. We have to take a moment to look at how much pressure our politicians are put under. We have to look at the stress that's put onto these people. And we also have to ask the question that when these issues, as you mentioned, were raised with the Prime Minister, with Chris Hipkins, was it right to say, you know what, actually, you're fine, you've said you're fine, go back to your mm. high pressure cooker job 
in an election year where the polls are neck and neck. And so there is an element of judgment that you have to ask. Is like, really, was that the best thing to do? Mm. Was that the best thing to do? I personally think that this is a disaster for the election coming up. I feel for Kitty Allen, I really do. Uh, I've heard all of the rumours. We've heard all of the rumours. We have been accosted at events about these mm. rumours about Kerry Allen and her treatment of staff and what goes on behind the scenes. It doesn't belittle the fact that she is facing some serious hardship at all. I went on this podcast and I said that I think she's the future Prime Minister of New Zealand and I probably stood by that up until 48 hours ago. Let's look at her on paper. Young Māori woman from Gisborne, ninth of ten children, leaves high school at age 16 to work at a KFC, eventually makes her way to university, becomes Helen Clark's intern, then gets two very high-profile legal roles and goes on to become quite a young MP. Māori, lesbian, she's a parent. She had... the. The writing was on the wall for her to be a phenomenal success story and it's such a shame to see her career go out like this. So Labour have lost nine, eight-ish, nine ministers in 2023 alone if you include Jacinda Ardern throwing which, in the towel. Which you do because at the end of the day, these are people who have seen the writing on the wall Yeah, and Ardern was the first. So Ardern. Poto Williams. Oh, I forget about her. David Clark. Remember the old uh, mountain biker man? Opito William Seo. Phil Twyford was still a minister up until February this year, would you believe? Mecca Fightery. Remember, she jumped ship to the market. Oh, party. fun, fun crossover fact. Yeah, cool. Mecca Fightery and Kitty Allen used to date. Yes. There correct. was a 19 year age gap between them. That's just, I mean, that's just political gossip. There's some gossip for you, New Zealand. Wow, we. Uh, Stewie Nash, you know, slash the Nash. He got ditched. Michael Wood. Yeah. Corrupt. Gone. Out there. <laughs> And now, Kerry, Kerry Allen, crime, crime Minister. Crime Minister. So when I ask you, general person on the street, name six ministers of the New Zealand government, keeping in mind all the Māori have fallen, I don't think your average punter uh, on Queen Street in Auckland, on High Street in Dunedin, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. It's, uh, it's becoming more and more challenging. And when you get, to, you get this close to election... What do you do with these portfolios? Do you just give them to a placeholder and then you get kind of accused of, well, you're not really taking this seriously? Mm. What do you do? Imagine being the Prime Minister at 10pm on that Sunday night and you get a phone call from your police minister. Hello, Prime Minister. It's me, Jenny, your police minister. You may remember me from the... From such events as these bad Q&A interviews. Anyway, um, how's your night going? Oh, that's good. Uh, I've got some good news and some bad news. Uh, the bad news is that your Minister of Justice has been uh, <laughs> arrested for drunk driving and some other stuff. But the good news is she wasn't so far over the limit with alcohol to be formally charged. So up to you, sir. And added good news is she's no longer there to challenge you for your leadership and nor is Michael Wood or anyone who is chomping at your heels. You are alone, Minister. It's just you now. That's a really good point, actually. So when the Prime Minister did his big press conference to the media about this event um, early on Monday morning, he was just standing there alone with his piece of paper. There yeah. was no Deputy Prime Minister, Carmel Cipollone, with him. There was no Minister of Finance or local MP, Grant Robertson. It was just him. And his wife's left him. 
That happened ages ago. <laughs> Why would you screw put the knife it's, in like it's that? Still You're relevant. Horrible. It's still relevant. You're horrible. Still relevant. You're horrible. Anyway, so he's casting this image as a prime minister who doesn't have a kitchen cabinet, doesn't have a close couple of colleagues that he goes, right, we need you to pull you in, need you to pull you in. He's casting an image of a man alone. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and I'm a bit worried about that. I don't really want a government that relies on, on one man and one man only. Well, it doesn't matter because that one man is still... Well and truly polling above Ian Luxon. That's he? true. That's true. Ian Luxon hasn't reached cruise altitude yet. He's still well and truly. He's he's four points ahead of Luxon. Mm. But even with the challenges that he that he's facing, and I don't know if we'll have another poll for another couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see if this is the sort of thing that really gains traction in Kiwis' minds in terms of who is the person to lead my household out of this cost of living crisis, because that is the number one issue facing all New Zealanders. And we can fight about law and order all we like, but at the end of the day, what is going to make up people's minds is who people think is the most competent person to get New Zealand... Don't say it. Don't say it. ...back on track if they're in it for you. <laughs> you just slammed them both together. That's so creative. Congrats. Mm. I love it. That would be too many words to legally put on a State Highway 1 hoarding size, though. That's a fun, that's a, there's a fun fact for New Zealand. If something is on the side of State Highway 1, it can only have seven words on it. Seven. Get New Zealand back on track's only six. Congrats, National. And then you put national. National is the seventh word. Oh, but In you can't say you. party, can you? No. No, so just be national. Let's round it out with a quick hot or not. Byron, you kick us off. 500 million for potholes. Hot. Second Auckland Harbour Crossing. Um, I would rather do an under. I'd like to see a, um, yeah, that, a tunnel. That, that, that is, yeah. It crosses the harbour. Just yeah, okay, yeah, true, yeah. Cool. Uh, technicality, but okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. And finally, privately funded roads. Uh, extra hot. Nice, cool. Absolutely. Look Still have to have an alternative for people to get places if they're poor. But um, <laughs> <laughs> being able to check out your KiwiSaver to pay for your bond. Yeah, cool. 10-year-olds having to do community service. Uh, I'm going to say not. And a completely uncosted uh, tax policy from New Zealand First. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Do you know why I love it? Because it just basically gives fuel to everybody's fire. They can just uncost whatever and throw it out there. It was their, their campaign <coughs> slogan, which we haven't profiled because it sucks. Is it's not good. Take your country back. It's real Brexit behaviour. Yeah, it's, it's really gross. It's nationalist. It's, it's horrible. And they had their big um, campaign announcement launch thing, cause no one, which no one noticed because they were too busy ram-riding um, Hyundai Connors into podcasts. Um, but it looks like a mafia meeting. Everyone yeah. there is just a little bit portly and has got too much hair gel in and they all look like they're there to fuck me over and put me in a river. And it was also the same time the Greens um, had a campaign launch, I think. Yeah, and Green Party's... Every, look, I've never been invited to one, but I'm sure it would be a good time. I'm sure it would be a good time too. Well, if you're parked anywhere in and around Wellington, make sure you bring your wing mirrors in. And until then... We'll see you, see you next, next week. week.